What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, the Blackhawks are forging a newish path forward. The Bears face the Packers at Soldier Field, and the Sky can still make the playoffs. Making sense of this four-day work week is Corley J from Crane Chicago and Shakia Taylor from the Tribune. It's Friday, September 8th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. Morning, Corley. Morning, Shakia. How y'all feeling today? Morning. Good morning. Hey, I appreciate both of y'all being here. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, but as people will notice, there's a theme here uh, throughout our conversation. We're going to be talking a little bit about sports today. So I wanted to start y'all off with a conversation Simone and I were having earlier this week, and it was about the best Chicago rivalries. This could be in sports or it can be out of sports, but what do you think is Chicago's best overall rivalry? Coral, you got a smile on your face, so I'm going to start with you. This is tough because I heard y'all talking about uh, the Uncle Remus and Harold's debate, right? And as a native Southsider, you know, I love me some Harold's. But I did have Uncle Remus, like, not too long ago, like, for the first time. I want to say, like, last year. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, damn, y'all, y'all, y'all might have gotten us. Damn. Is, like, is it real like, like that? It's just like, it's like in the back of my head. Like, I would never say that to a Westsider. Like, they going to hear like, this. They going right, to hear, hear this. <laughs> It's in the back of my head, but like, I mean, they both fine. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, but they might have gotten it just by a little. Oh my! Is it the chicken? <laughs> is it the sauce? Is it the crunch? It's the what sauce, bro? It's the... it's the sauce. Like, I was just taken aback. Like, damn, I didn't think it could be better than Harold's, but I tasted that sauce and I was like. I ain't even gonna say nothing. You know, I'm not, I, I'm not even gonna lie. I feel like I've only had Uncle Remus in like the background. So maybe it was at like a, a barbecue or a cookout or something, but I've never walked into uh-huh. an establishment giving them my money willingly. And poorly uh-huh. as my, like me and you, we be vibing on these South Side biases. And to hear you say that the sauce wasn't enough for you to even question your loyalty. <sighs> Yeah, it sounds like I gotta. I love this. Sounds like I gotta go do it, G. And I can't get the one over on Forty Seventh. I gotta go on to the West Side. Hey, no, that's the one I went to. Oh, you went on Forty Seventh? Okay, I went to that one. That's all I'm about to say. Like, (laughs) I ain't never went to the West Side and got it. So. Oh my God. Shakia, the very first time we had you on City Cash, you had just written a ode to Harold's mm-hmm. as this uh, sort of moment in every black Chicagoan, but every Chicagoan's life. Now, Corey, you're talking about Uncle Remus, G. You, is you going to be writing Uncle Remus' I, story? So I got to tell you, I've had both, right? Like, I got West Side cousins, I got South Side cousins. And I've had both at family functions. I have, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with either, but... 
People be hitting me like, when is the Uncle Remus piece dropping? When's the Uncle Remus piece dropping? <laughs> nah, we got to do like, the episode. See? We clearly got to do the episode. We we bogus. It's, yeah. it's my South Side coming through. Oh, my God. Shakia, what do you think is the best Chicago rivalry in sports, out of sports? What do you think it is? Mm. So I'm going with Detroit. I'm sticking with the Cousins theme. I feel like Chicago versus Detroit is a very Cousins sort of fight. It's the family Mm -hmm. fight, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're like, we're all Midwestern cousins. Like, Mm -hmm. are people all from the same places? You know, we got slightly different accents Mm -hmm. or whatever, but I'm going with Chicago and Detroit. I, I like that. I like that. I feel like people talk city. It's either New York, Chicago, maybe Chicago, St. Louis. But I mean, if you think about like the Bulls rivalries of the 90s or even the early exactly. 90s, right? Them sort of late 80s. Right. It was Bulls Pistons. When you think about the Hawks mm-hmm. and the Red Wings. And then when you think again, we, we talk in black Chicago, Detroit and Chicago probably get the most hate of any two sort of uh, black cities uh, that mm-hmm. I can think of constantly being used Dang, to down so talk. True. But but that rivalry mm-hmm. between us is still there, right? right? When we talk in right. house versus versus techno, things like that. Mm-hmm. I also think like Chicago and Detroit, it's like we can talk about each other, but you can't talk about, they it. Talk mm-hmm. about us. That's like the South <laughs> like, and the West side of Chicago, right? It's like so we, we will fight, but like... What are you talking you about, Ravenswood? Be quiet. We, right. We're not talking to you right, right. now. Well, I'll stop by the the the, the German uh, Oktoberfest up in Lincoln Square later. But right now, we having a, a family conversation. Now, I feel that every single Friday, we bring on great friends to talk about the stories they were following this week. Corley, I want to hear what is that story for you? Southside Weekly wrote a piece uh, in the last week that looked at Chicago's public access television network, Can TV. And they had some questions. What were some of them? Yeah, so this story came out on September 1st, and it was a big one. I, I reported on uh, CAN-TV about their signature programmings before. And this piece looks at the problem it creates. Uh, it talks about how public access station uh, CAN-TV has been limiting its resources to the community. Uh, how since like the start of the signature program in community par- community partners who are residents basically that are trained by staff to use the station's resources haven't had access to work on their content which is what public access tv is for so the concern concerns were aired um, on a program called the elders which was canceled after they broadcasted some disputes from employees about management and uh, problems they were having um so current and firm, former employees talked about uh, fighting for better working conditions, better equipment, having uh, high staff turnover rates. There were also concerns about an outside contractor being hired to do work, uh, being paid more than the employees. And so one of the community partners, he actually sat down with CanTV's uh, executive director back in January about his concerns. And he told them um, the shows, which are the signature programs, were meant to generate more revenue for the station. And um, it's just kind of really sad to hear because I think that they could probably work in unison. You can have the signature programs, which um, are 30-minute slots that are hosted by Kansas City employees, but also have the slots for the community partners, which is what public access TV is for. 
Yeah, Can TV has been around for 40 years. I have been on Can TV as a guest, as a guest host on Chicago Newsroom. But mm-hmm. one of the things I, I did not question because I wasn't truly familiar with the model is just how much it had served as a training platform, as a sort of first mm-hmm. um, space of entry for a lot of people looking to up their platform. What do you think Chicago loses if sort of everyday locals aren't able to access those resources? Um, they use, we lose a home for people to kind of hone those skills. You know, that's really important for those local programs when people don't have that kind of background and they don't have that skill set traditionally, but they're going to the station to learn and then they have the opportunity to have these programs. We lose a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll continue to follow this story as it unfurls. Uh, Shakia, I want to come over to you. Uh, a month and a half ago, uh, the Blackhawks longtime owner, Rocky Wirtz, passed away, which really set up a ushering in of newish leadership because the Blackhawks have had a Wirtz at the helm since Rocky Wirtz's father owned the team dating back decades and decades. Uh, but now Danny Wirtz, Rocky's son, is here at a time in which the team is coming off of some losing seasons, major controversy around their handling uh, of sexual assault cases over the last decade. Uh, what do we learn from this interview with the new president and CEO of the Blackhawks? In an interview with the Tribune's Phil Thompson, great colleague, great writer, uh, Danny Wirtz just talked about what it meant for him to step into his father's shoes. And he also took enough time, I think, within the story to differentiate himself mm-hmm. from his father. He talked about not leading with fear, uh, having conversations with people. Um, and I, I think that's important in any regime switch when it comes to a franchise as storied as the Blackhawks. They've been through a lot of really negative things lately, some of it self-inflicted, like there's no question mm-hmm. about it. Um, and I think a, a regime change could signal something positive, assuming that's what Danny Wirtz wants to do. We have issues with the name. There are still people who want that logo changed. We don't see this too often, particularly in Chicago sports, where the person running things changes. For example, Jerry Reinsdorf, he has been in charge of the Bulls and the White Sox for probably all of our lives. The McCaskies. Yes, exactly. It's a it's a huge deal. It's kind of like almost like when the Ricketts took over the mm-hmm. Cubs, except that was a completely new family, whereas this is a longtime NHL family. They've got roots both here in the community and the NHL community at large. And, you know, they've seen the the number of fans at the United Center declined by the thousands because people were unhappy on a number of fronts. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was sort of looking through Danny's interview, it reminded me of an interview with him and his father a couple of years ago when a reporter posed to Rocky, well, how is the team going to move forward? And you saw Rocky sort of really get antagonistic and said, we're not talking about Mm -hmm. that. We're moving forward. And even then, Danny seemed to position himself differently in terms of we're Mm -hmm. here to answer questions. We need to sort of rebuild this trust with the media, with the fan base, with our team and organization. Is that something he spoke about in this interview as well, about what it means to rebuild not just people's hope on the ice that we could get back to, you know, winning the number of Stanley Cup championships. We we held three up in the 2010s, which was which a huge accomplishment 
for the Wirtz family and for the city. You know, did Danny talk about rebuilding that trust? In the story with Phil, it didn't really seem to get too deep into what he plans to do. Um, there was a lot of reflecting mm. on the loss of his father because throughout this transition, he's also grieving a parent. And I think for any of us, we can look at the humanity. Yes, this guy grew up with everything. He is a billionaire. His family, they're billionaires. But losing a parent is something that any person would, you know, feel some sympathy for. And it really seemed to be him coming to terms with, I'm the guy now. Mm -hmm. And my dad isn't here. And I, I'm not like him. And I think he's kind of having to brush up against expectations, both set by, you know, Chicagoans, Hawks fans, and his dad and his family. Because I think when you step into those roles, you also take the position of the patriarch now. You are the the next man up in a lot of different ways. So he didn't get into too much about trust with the community, but I hope in the future he does. That is significant. You need community buy-in to survive, particularly in the city. Just look at what's happening with the White Sox. Yeah, you talk about becoming the patriarch. Wirtz will become, the is now the head of not only the Hawks, but the family company as well. But like you said, mm -hmm. there's still many questions sort of left. And I don't think this city will be quick to sort of be like, oh my God, we got the number one pick. We got the, we got the, you know, the the prodigy. Let's just sort of move forward and think about the future. I still think people have questions about the past, and I'm interested to see how Wirtz steps into that accountability because he was here. He was already in a mm -hmm. leadership role throughout that process, but now being the guy who has to answer those tough questions, um, I just wonder how he takes to that position. Uh, the Hawks preseason will start later this month with the season kicking off in October, and so obviously we will be paying close attention to both what these, these fellas do on the ice and off of it. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Corley, I want to bring you back in here. Uh, last year, a story was written about this vendor market opening up in West Pullman, and now there has been some uh, additional good news about its future moving forward in the neighborhood. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so the market has been extended uh, to December. It's put on by Far South Community Development Corporation, which is a nonprofit based in West Pullman. Um, it, the program allows for black owned small businesses to experience what it's like operating in a brick and mortar. 
So it first started, like you said, in November. It was supposed to end in May, but due to a grant from the Coleman Foundation, it's extended, which is cool. They have uh, they sell things from like designer clothes, uh, candles, skincare, uh, household goods, coffee even. It's on 115th and Halstead, really close to me. And mm -hmm. I, I ain't even gonna lie, I have not made it over there yet, but I am gonna stop over there after seeing that it's especially been extended. So there's not really no reason for me not to stop by and patronize these businesses. Um, I recently actually talked to the president of Far South CDC, Abraham Lacey, and we talked about how like many of the business districts on the South Side, like on Halstead or 79th Street, have like lots of big box retailers, like family dollars who don't necessarily give back to the community, right? And the need for zones where people can have things like more outside dining and fun places to go on the South Side especially far south side. I mean, one of the things that's been cool just in my neighborhood over the last few years is watching something like Boxville grow, right? It's, it's supposed to be in many ways this vendor market that gives people an opportunity to, like you said, experience what it's like to have your own storefront without some of mm -hmm. these really large commitments. If you want to learn more about the West Pullman Marketplace, I will drop a link in the show notes. You can visit businesses like Aries Rising, Body and Soul Experience, Javes, Java Coffee Roastery, and more. Shakia, we started this conversation talking about Chicago rivalries, and one that is technically not a Chicago rivalry, but it feels like one. It feels like it's about Chicago. It feels like it's about generational differences. It feels like it's about the soul of basketball, and it's the GOAT conversation. Obviously, Chicago, many of us fall uh, on one side of the aisle. But you recently wrote about how this conversation of who is the basketball goat feels exhausting. Uh, tell us about this column. And how did this question come up? So this came along because I went to watch a college football game with some homies. Right. We go out. We have some beers, some snacks. Right. And the, and the conversation initially was about Big Ten and SEC football. But then the argument, <laughs> we'll say devolved, to Jordan versus James. Mike versus LeBron. And I could not roll my eyes back in my head any further. <laughs> like, because it's never ending. It's pointless. No one is changing their mind. I don't believe at 21 years or 20 years into LeBron's career, if you're a Bron fan, that you're changing your mind. I just can't see it happening. Yeah. I also can't see Jordan fans being like, oh, yeah, by the way, you know what? I was wrong I about was that. Wrong. I've been wrong. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. What is the point anymore? Mm -hmm. Everyone has lost the plot. Everyone has. It is more feelings over facts than anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, y'all, I have heard people be like, but whose shoes you got on? Nobody's wearing LeBron's to the club. Okay. Also, no one's going to the club. It's 2023. <laughs> Where is the club? Like, I this argument is a waste of time. And I feel like people who engage in it are arguing for the sake of arguing. There's no new information. Because mm. at this point... Yeah. In LeBron's career, I mean, I hate to say it, but he's just stat padding. Like, what what else is he there for? 21 years in the league, bro, go be with your family. Like, oh. well, ain't, that why, wait, ain't that why he in the league, though, because he want to play against his son? Ain't that exactly. Why That's exactly what the story they is. Might is win. They might waiting. win another championship. And, and, and you know what? If they win, are you going to say that he's equal to Jordan? Honestly, I'm going to be real with you. I want you to be real. 
I think LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. Oh, We're not talking go. about greatest basketball <laughs> career. We're talking about faster, stronger, better handles, more <laughs> dominant at the rim, better three-point okay. shooter career-wise. At their mm-hmm. height, Jordan was 100% a better defender, did more for basketball. Mm-hmm. I think Jordan mm-hmm. is a great one. But if we're talking about basketball player, passing, okay. shooting, rebounding, I mean, the whole, so, so he's a better athlete. He's a better athlete. That's yeah, exactly and, and that what translates to a to a more thorough basketball game to me. Mm. I also me. believe the game of basketball has evolved. Hundred percent, right? So we're talking about different players, different eras, different positions, different needs, different asks, different mm-hmm. types of players on the court, right? Like these athletes today, and I mean this complimentary, they're freaks. <laughs> like they are freaks. They are fast. They are huge. They come back from injuries very fast. Like, these kids are built different. And so mm. I, I think sports has a problem in that we love to compare historical figures against present-day figures, and it's not necessary. I feel like comparison is the thief of joy mm. in this instance. Mm. No, I feel that. Because if you're watching LeBron to compare him to Jordan, how are you enjoying LeBron? No. Good, Dang. good point. And That's honestly, point. And, and my argument changes depending on what day it is, depending on how I'm feeling, what position I'm arguing for. Because you <laughs> throw a Jordan compilation in front of me, I'm like, what are we talking about? What are we talking well, about? This don't even make sense. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Every single episode of City Cash Chicago ends the same way with some good news. We want to give people something to look forward to, something positive that they can do this weekend, something to get them through this episode, get them through the day. Uh, and Shakia, I'm actually stay with you because I think this is all something we can celebrate. What is your good news this Friday? <laughs> well, my good news, and I'm going to hit a ooh, 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 is um, cooler temps. <laughs> I feel like we have been hot and miserable. I'm not saying it should be cold, Corley. Like, but I want you to. I want you to go outside. Corley was disgusting. Yeah, she was going to give me the stank eye. Like, but Uh -uh. I feel like I I want you to go outside. Fit it. You can go outside. Fit it. You ain't got to worry about armpit sweat. You don't got to worry about passing the gray T-shirt test. Like Corley got a sleeveless turtleneck on right now. You already ready for the temperatures, but I. (laughs) You got a flat outfit and you wish you didn't have it. You're like, I love this outfit, but, but I wish I wasn't wearing it. I wish I wasn't a tank. Exactly. Exactly. No lies. I welcome the return of what I like to refer to as denim jacket weather. Can I go outside I in short sleeves or a tank top and a denim jacket? Can I wear a denim jacket and a dress? This is the time. So to not be sweaty. I have gone out a couple times, and I just want y'all to know, Chicago, you stink. You need it to be cooler outside. <laughs> Look, I'm not mad at at high 70s, low 80s, like, but low 70s, high 60s can miss me. I, I will say, it's fit, <laughs> it's fit season. It's fit season, though, Corley. You can get some real outfits out now. Thank Dressing you. for the summer. I'm over it. I'm because I, I, there's no thought there. I'm. I feel like I'm having to pack extra shirts just in case. 
you can only get so naked in the summer, like and be and be publicly appropriate. Yeah. I wore a dress last Saturday and I was miserable and I was wearing a dress. Like, <laughs> that made me think. I love that WBEZ story that came out this week that was just like, even if it's 100 degrees, kids going to wear their hoodies. Them, te- them teens and them Gee, hoodies. Because that oh was me God. in high school, bro. All summer I had a 2X, 3X hoodie, three time, two, three times sizes, too big. It don't matter if I had shorts <laughs> on flip flop. Kept not. Ju- I didn't. I can't even say I didn't stink. I was in high school wearing a hoodie. I probably smelled Teenage terrible. Boys yeah, I probably smelled stink. terrible. You I can't even. Yeah. I can't even say nothing to it. I can't even. But say it was kind of cold it. in the school. If you in school all day. It's cold in there. Nah. You know that's understandable why you got a hoodie on. But like if you outside of the parade, and you got on a hoodie. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you bug it. Um, Corley, we're gonna bring it over to your some good news. We <laughs> talked about. Best Chicago rivalries. And let's be real, that conversation was inspired by the oldest rivalry in the National Football League, and that is between the Bears and the Packers. And that will kick off the Bears season at home this Sunday. Talk about why this is good news for you, Corley. Oh, my God. This is great news for me (laughs) because, you know, I love the Bears. I was not able to go to a preseason game this year, which made me sad. (laughs) But I'm so happy to be able to watch the game, you know. Historically, at my grandmother's house, my grandfather's, all crowded in front of the TV. Sunday, Soldier Field, 325. We in there. <laughs> I'm excited to see Justin Fields go off. But I do think that the Packers are going to make him throw. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what he do with these new wide receivers. I'm super excited to see what's going on with this O-line. We got some uh, new uh, linebackers from uh from Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. I think it's going to be good. Uh, what was our record last last year? 3 and 14? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 3 okay. and 14. It wasn't great. Okay, so my, my prediction was wild last year, but. What was it? Remind people. So, what was your prediction last year? I'm going to say 10 and 7. You were fan, fan. I'm going to say 10 and 7. Yeah. Fan, fan. 10 and 7. No yep. follow up questions. I'm keeping that recording and I'm going I'm to. I'm going to have him like, just splice it out so I can sit it to you on a loop, my G. <laughs> 10 and 7. Ah, wait a minute. What was it? She was there man, pushing double-digit wins. And they okay. lost. They won the least <laughs> amount of games in Bears fan. history. But like you said, there were some things to be excited about over the offseason, right? New lineman. Mm-hmm. We got DJ Moore. Um, supposed mm-hmm. to be a more explosive wide receiver. We picked up some linebackers. I'm excited to see what we do this year. Uh, and, and Corey, what'd you say your prediction is this year? What you thinking? Nine, ten again? Okay, let me talk. Okay, so <laughs> I predict that we win at least eight games, right? But I am. I'm about to go all out and say we win ten. We're definitely going to the playoffs, of course. And there is no double doinks, obviously. Um, so that's yeah, there we go. Wait, wait a minute. Can you repeat that for me as someone who 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 writes sports? Say 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 that one more she time. She said we're going from three and fourteen to you said yes. we're gonna win. We're gonna win at least eight. Did I hear the P word? Did you no, say playoffs? She said yes. like, do you think as a wild card or you think we're gonna win the division? No, um, no, I'll give it to the wild card though. I ain't gonna lie. I don't know if ten games gonna get us into the wild card, man. I think, I think, yeah, we, we, y'all gonna, <laughs> y'all gonna be calling me. I'm like, look, like Corley was not wrong, bro. Like, Corley, come on, you got that mustard seed faith. Jesus and them was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was okay. 
Shakir has nothing but de- like that mouth is cocked over to the side, like a strong side. Like, mm. listen, when it's not a listen. side end by a side mouth, that's that's a different <laughs> level of doubt, G. <laughs> that's that's called I'm I'm just locking my words away. Mm. Like, I, I look, look, I did a fan story earlier this week. I did a fan story, right? I talked to three diehard Bears fans. Bears fans are on a different kind of hope and. I kind of love it because the excitement is great, right? Mm-hmm. It's great, but I, I sometimes I'm like, maybe we need a, <laughs> maybe we need a comp, maybe we need to temper it, maybe maybe take no, a walk. No, you know? there is no, no, we're not humble, we're not playing. No, we are I'm playing, not asking okay? you to be like, humble. I am, I, I am by, I want you, I want you to have this energy on Sunday. I'm going. I'm gonna be turned up. Let me follow you on Twitter so you can see. I was just gonna say I'm gonna follow you back. I love this. And we're gonna have some dialogue about it. on Sunday. I'm going to the game. I'm gonna hit you <gasps> from Soldier Field and be like, oh hey, my friend. God. Yeah. Hey, How you feeling? Yeah. Hey, and, and I'll thinking? correct myself. Teams did squeaky and the Bucks got in with only eight wins last year. Their division yeah, was ass. The Giants and Seattle got in with nine wins. So I mean it's it's doable. I don't I don't know if if that's gonna be enough for us. Uh but hey, we shall see. From one from one team with Corley level playoff hopes to another team who is literally fighting for their playoff life tonight. My some good news is dedicated to the Chicago Sky, who are trying to sneak into the playoffs with just two games left in their season. The WNBA playoffs only take the top eight teams, and right now the Sky are holding on to eight. Uh, We've talked about this throughout their season. It was a tough offseason and season for the Chicago Sky from losing key players like Vandersloot, Quigg, Stevens, of course, Parker, and the offseason to coach and general manager James Wade packing his bag and throwing the deuces in the middle of the season. This team really could have just folded in on themselves, said, forget it. We, we ain't got nothing to look forward to. And yet here we are, one home game left, one road game left with an opportunity to squeak into the playoffs if we're able to beat the Minnesota Lynx tonight in the Connecticut Sun on Sunday. Hopefully the L.A. Sparks cough up some games as well. Um, and that makes me extremely happy. I'm planning to go to the game tonight to support them against the Lynx. I would like to see the Sky continue their fifth straight year in the playoffs. Uh, so let's root for the Sky to end the season strong. Let's root for the Bears to start their season strong. Let's root for the Hawks to, to get it together in some form or fashion. And of course, let's root for Chicago Tribune sports writer Shakia Taylor and from Crane Chicago business, Corley J. I appreciate y'all making time for me here on this beautiful Friday. Yeah. Thank you. This was hilariously awesome. Thank you so, <laughs> so much. Fun. Thank you so Always much. Always fun. Before I let you go, I want to give a huge shout out to the people who helped make City Cash Chicago possible. Our lead producer is Simone Alisea. Our newsletter editor is Sydney Madden. Our producers are Lizzie Goldsmith and Grant Irving. Our roving newsletter editor is Natalia Aldana. The music we all love to listen to is from the homie Sam Thousand, all the kimonos, and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop. Hey, if you enjoy the show nearly as much as I love making it, rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. Subscribe to Hey Chicago at Chicago.com citycast.fm and make sure you join us bright and early Monday morning. I'll talk to you then. Peace. Look, look.
I was cracking up. Uh, I think it was last week's episode with the, we had the outtake like at the end, and you had did that shake that ass for, for Chicago. Chicago. Sh- 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 hey, thanks Simone dying. for that one because I was I was tripping on Mike and Simone left that one in. So thanks Simone for that. I started like busting up on the train. I was like, oh my god, that should not have been so funny. And hey, we got remixes for days over here. 